Major Lindsay in Africa presents Erasing the Stigma, conversations about mental health in the legal profession. Welcome to Erasing the Stigma, conversations about mental health in the legal profession. I'm Mark Yacono, your host. I'm a managing director in Major Lindsay in Africa's Transform Advisory Services Practice. Uh, we developed and brought this podcast to you to help raise awareness about the mental health issues in the legal department. And this being our 24th episode, uh, we're honored to have as our guest, Roxy Jones, who is the founder of Body Rocks, one of um, America's most prominent and best respected trainers and nutrition experts. And um, someone I follow religiously because of her plain spoken com uh, common sense advice on nutrition and wellness. Roxy, welcome. Thank you. Wow, what an introduction. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm going to see if you can measure up by um, telling the audience, <laughs> telling the audience um, and listeners a little bit about yourself and your, your, your really unique background. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I have a weird background. I guess I come from many areas because I originally started in fashion design um, when I moved to New York City and realized that that wasn't really where my passion was. So I switched careers and started teaching group fitness at SoulCycle. And I was there for about five and a half years. And I slowly made the transition to falling in love with strength training um, after doing a bikini competition. So I competed in two of them back to back and placed. And after that, I slowly started, you know, inching my way towards nutrition, got certified. So now I have level one and level two um, pre precision nutrition coaching certifications. And since then I've really grown my business from there. Um, and once COVID began, I couldn't teach SoulCycle classes anymore. And that's where my strength classes, which I do on Zoom have uh, sprouted from. So now I have maybe about like a 18 person roster for my nutrition clients. And I teach on Zoom weekly strength classes to teach people how to get stronger. And that's really where my passion is right now. <laughs> You're also doing something um, cool with Aloe Moves, right? Oh, of course, yes. I'm with Aloe Moves. I'm one of their female strength coaches too. So I, I film with them every maybe three or four months to work on new classes. So I'm able to reach people globally on their platform, which is really amazing. Yes, and it's been really um, interesting to watch your journey. I think there's a whole group of women entrepreneurs in the fitness area um, who have put out really good content, including your friend, Charlie Atkins and with sweat TV. Yes. I always like yeah, to get Charlie's amazing. And um, you know, one of the things, the reason I really wanted you as a guest is I noticed a couple of things. Your advice always makes sense. I noticed in my hometown of Richmond where nobody's ridden soul cycle, Nobody would know Roxy Jones or Charlie Atkins or anybody else from um, anything that folks in the fitness industry that really wanted to improve their nutritional information started following you. And I thought that was a really unique thing because they didn't know you. You know, I obviously knew you from SoulCycle and from your other things. And what I realized and what they realized is there's a hunger for real information. The other thing is, is I had to sit on um, a presentation with a quote nutrition expert who talked about various types of diets and then casually mentioned that he sells supplements and mm -hmm. it made me mad. And so I decided, <laughs> I decided to um, 
bring you on to speak some truth. So I guess the first thing is we keep hearing from people about gaining the COVID-15 and mm -hmm. Instagram and Facebook are saturated with weight loss hacks, diets like keto, paleo, intermittent fasting, in addition to things like Weight Watchers and Noon. Can you, um, mm -hmm. can you just tell the listeners what the fundamental principles of weight loss are in terms yeah. of? Yeah. Um of course, in terms of nutrition, yeah, I mean, what all of those diets have in common or trends have in common is that it will put you in a calorie deficit. And that's what you need for weight loss is eating less than what you burn. It's the law of thermodynamics. It's science. So you need to have a negative energy balance in order to lose weight. Because if you're eating more than what you expend, your body's going to do something with that energy. It's naturally going to be stored as fat. So in terms of... Um those diets and, and your approach to, to nutrition, how do they differ? I mean, I mean, calorie deficit is kind of the universal principle, right. but these diets really like keto, paleo, intermittent fasting create sort of a really difficult regimen to follow. And mm -hmm. I really am interested in how you counsel your clients to take an approach that actually is sustainable. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see. I would say all of those things is really dependent on whether or not an individual likes them or not. That's why I always say like, you know, those things aren't for everybody. They're not always compatible with someone like, uh, for example, I don't know, keto might not feel good for someone that functions really well with carbs, like a, I don't know, maybe a high performance athlete. They'd probably do better eating carbohydrates. Um, same thing with like whole 30, Someone that, or paleo actually is a better example. Someone that has a, an intolerance to grains might feel better being on the paleo diet because you cut grains out, but you're still eating carbohydrates. Um, so I, does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, so what you're it, saying is- It depends is really, on the compatibility of their body. What you're saying really is those diets aren't per se wrong or right, no. but it isn't a mass, it isn't a mass consumer approach to- those exactly. diets work for everybody. I think a lot of people forget about what they value and what feels good for them. So like they forget about the foods that they enjoy and they think like, oh, in order to achieve results, I should probably follow this regimen when they're not even prioritizing what they prefer. You mean they're worried about chasing results. And, and, and in, instead of enjoying, you know, their nutrition. Yeah. And, and like the bottom line is chances are you're going to commit better to something if it's something that you value and enjoy. For uh, our listeners, I encourage you to follow Roxy on Instagram if for no other reason than the cakes she bakes are out <laughs> of this world. To see Thanks. such a fit that person. That has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> to see such a fit person bake these amazing cakes and put oh, them on you. Instagram is, um, is, is wild. So what are the, what are the, what's the role that you see, if any, for supplements? outside of a medical recommendation that you may have a deficiency because there are a lot of supplements and people pushing supplements that are supposedly supposed to turn up your met metabolism or recommendations that you drink apple cider vinegar which is horrible <laughs> i did yeah. did it once and couldn't take it i mean again i think it relates back to like what you value and what feels good for you 
Um, I think like there are a couple of supplements that everyone can benefit from and I'll, I'll list those supplements. So the number one, like scientifically proven supplement is creatine. Um, it is proven to actually work and it can probably help you get a couple more reps in the gym because it helps you hold on to a little bit of water and with a little bit more water in your cells, you can produce more power in your lifting. Um, so that's one. Um, omega-3 supplement is another one that everyone can benefit from because most of us get a lot of omega-6s, but omega-3 is necessary for brain and hormone function and hormones are necessary for metabolism. And then another one is a probiotic. Everyone can benefit from it. Um, might not be necessary for everyone, but, um, you know, I think a lot of people have got issues and that can help them out in that sense. And then vitamin D, a lot of people don't get enough vitamin D, especially in the winter time. It's only natural. Yeah. So those, and oh, the last one is a protein supplement. Most of us do not get enough protein in our diets. It's not necessary to take a protein supplement, but it can help you hit a high number, especially if you're aiming for weight loss or muscle maintenance or muscle gain. Are those um, protein supplements, is that something that a person should use if they're on a fitness regimen or a person should use if they're, you know, you know, they're not on an aggressive fitness regimen, but as a normal dietary supplement. Cause one of the things we get, I think it's for anybody. Okay. It's not one of those things where if you're really training, your body really needs to add this. It's the general population probably doesn't get enough protein. Is that the premise? Exactly. Exactly. Um, couple things though, like I think what I mentioned before creatine, that's going to benefit someone that's in a training regimen and that wants to build muscle. It's going to help them in the gym. If you're not working out, creatine is useless. Um, protein is helpful because as we get older, you lose a certain percentage of muscle mass every 10 years. And we want to maintain as much muscle as we can to help us with our bone density, our everyday movement, um, overall general health. Well, I better get going then because I'm getting old. <laughs> I, I always tell my parents that like, you guys should take a protein supplement. Most people don't get enough every day. Like, I don't know if anybody ever pays attention to, you know, when they order out a meal, how much protein really comes with it. Like if you ever go to, um, you know, like sweet green, for example, they give you probably about two ounces of protein, whereas yeah. you probably benefit from like four or five ounces doubling up on that. But, you know, it also depends on the rest of your protein, where it comes from for the rest of the day. So that brings me to kind of the next segue, uh, which is what are the elements of a, a, a balanced diet, uh, both in terms of the types of food and in terms of portion sizes? Um, so, you know, everybody should be getting carbohydrates, fats, and protein, and fiber. Those are all very important elements. And we get protein from animal and plant sources, um, carbohydrates from grains or starchy vegetables, such as sweet potatoes, yucca, plantains, and then fats come from also animal sources or plant-based sources, such as like avocados, coconut, olive oil, um, or like salmon, beef, and so forth. So, um, and then the, the vegetables, obviously like from leafy greens and like asparagus, something like that. Um, we need all four of those elements for good health. And then as far as like the ratio of it, most people do well with a 30% per 
protein, 40% carbohydrate and 30% fat ratio there. 30, 40, 30. 30, 40, 30. Yep. Unless for example, you're a high performing athlete that needs carbohydrates or you're vegetarian or vegan, you're naturally going to have a higher ratio of carbohydrates to protein because of where you're getting your sources from or your lifestyle. And then on the other hand, some people might be more compatible with a higher fat to carb ratio. And that is for someone that may have like, you know, pre-diabetic condition or they have diabetes or they're sedentary. Like I'd say someone that is a little bit older has more body fat and doesn't do a lot of moving because of their lifestyle or their workplace. So it really depends on the person, but um, across the board, that's a general principle. So one takeaway I have from that is fat isn't inherently evil. No, we need fat. You need fat for sure. You need body fat and you need dietary fat. Yeah, explain explain needing body fat because I think most people would would say, well, I want to be like Michael Phelps and have one percent or point five percent body fat. Right. Okay. <laughs> I could talk about fat all day. <laughs> so men need body fat, women need body fat. However, men can function with less body fat than women because women are naturally built to give birth to babies, and you need body fat for your hormones to run properly. Women do. That is, so women should have at least 15% body fat for their hormones to function properly. Um, Once that starts to drop, then your hormones don't function as well. And that can wreak havoc in a lot of different areas of wellness too. Yeah, I've noticed on on several of your um, uh, Instagram stories, you've talked about how certain extreme diets can impact hormone production. And Mm -hmm. it's happened to me before. Yeah, and, and, and what, what the you know, physical impact it can have on women in terms of how their bodies are supposed to function according to nature. Yeah, exactly. Like we're, we're meant to produce more children. Unfortunately, guys don't have to deal with that. <laughs> so like if a woman drops below 15% body fat, they can have possible repercussions, especially if it's for a long period of time that they're below a certain percentage of body fat. What happens is the cortisol the stress hormone will go up because um, your body knows that you're under stress. Um, so it's going to start trying to survive and it'll take a toll in other areas. So like your sleep will get affected. Your digestion will get affected. You'll probably have like digestive distress, like either constipation or um, just like irregular bowel movements or bloating happens too. Um, and then your estrogen and progesterone production will also fluctuate. So you'll probably have more estrogen and low progesterone. And you need both of those for your period to happen. So your diet really can have um, real changes to your, your, your biology and yes. how, how your body's supposed to function. So that's why it's really important to have a balanced diet. And mm-hmm. to, and that's why you be, need fat. And to be a knowledgeable consumer about the, the, how you're going to eat. Yeah. And that's, that's why you need dietary fat because, uh, when you eat fat from like nuts, avocados, uh, olive oil, for example, or fish, even, um, it gets metabolized into cholesterol and cholesterol helps your hormones run properly. So if you can talk about that for just a second, we are always worried about high cholesterol and we're saturated with commercials. 
mm-hmm. from pharma about cholesterol drugs. Explain, mm-hmm. explain the positive benefits of, of like normal cholesterol. Um, well, like I had mentioned, if you have good cholesterol, I actually got my blood tests ran like a few months ago, just to check, you know, how everything was looking. And I had really high levels of good cholesterol, like in the two hundreds. And, and my doctor's like, that's actually really good. Cause you eat a lot of good sources of fat. And I was like, oh, cool. And I'm active to begin with. Um, but you need good cholesterol, um, for your, like I mentioned your hormones to function properly. Great. And, and that is, I think, useful advice. And, and, you know, we've seen this, um, we've seen sort of um, some anecdotal evidence and in the conferences I've been on where um, women, especially because of you know, the many hats they're wearing during the pandemic, have, you know, really, you know, contemplated some extreme measures to try and compensate for the fact that they can't get to the gym as much or Mm-hmm. How the house is no longer a sanctuary during the day, yeah, <laughs> or ever. And, I know. Uh, and I think it's so important that um, they get good messaging about about this. I wanna I wanna talk about another element of your journey because you know you are a very popular Soul Cycle instructor, and obviously the pandemic um, created a big need for a paradigm shift. But it, mm-hmm. it seems to me that that was pretty natural with a shift you were going through on your own as to your approach to fitness. Can you share yes. journey a little bit? Yeah, of course. Um, so I had always dreamed of having my own strength class because I do, I did love teaching at Soul Cycle. I do love group fitness because of how many people you can reach in, you know, one hour. Um, I also think that, well, it's two things. I think that it's very difficult to want to train a lot of people at once because you can only be so many places at, you know, for one hour at a time training one person, it's hard to reach so many people. And then two, I didn't think that there was enough or there's not enough, there's not enough classes, I think in the market that involve strength training. Most of it is cardio based. Right. So that's kind of where I saw my role. I was like, well, I want to be able to offer strength training. Cause I'm, I'm really passionate about it. And I think that there's not enough group instruction for it. So that's kind of where I, I saw some potential for me to, to tap into. And how has it gone, um, creating group exercise and strength training virtually? It's fun, but it's, it really challenges you creatively because you have to roll with the punches. If someone does not have the same equipment as you, so it's forced me to get outside of my box when I program or when I'm working, like when I'm teaching a class on the fly. Um, you also have to take into consideration that in group fitness, you have to come up with modifications. I, because I have had so many expecting mothers come take my classes. So sometimes, you know, they won't always show up to class or I'll see them a couple months later and suddenly they're so much bigger than last time and we have to adjust things drastically. So it's, it's challenged me a lot um, as far as like being a thoughtful and safe trainer. I think that's been, that's a really important point because everybody is coming at this from a different lens and perspective and a different, um, a different um, state of fitness. Mm-hmm, um, I, totally. I, I know there was at one point pre-pandemic when I couldn't do 10 push-ups. 
Um, yes. Yeah. Oh, I think a lot uh, of people couldn't. I mean, even uh, my push-ups weren't that great at the start. Yeah. Now I'm, I can bang out like 20. <laughs> yeah. And I, I also learned that modifying your push-ups meant not going on your knees, but using an incline. <laughs> yes. Which none of us do. But, yeah, but, Charlie and I are always talking about that. <laughs> I know. I've seen, I don't know how many videos on the, um, from you two on the proper push-up technique. But mm -hmm. I, I in addition to the to sort of your that being your passion, strength training does have an imp, impact on bone density, weight loss, and all of those things we just talked about. Can you explain like what's the through line for that? Like oh I think gosh, people, yeah yeah so equate strength training with bulk and and um, oh, I think your most yeah. recent I think your most recent post maybe this morning was weight training <laughs> won't make a woman bulky. No, no, I won't. So many people are worried about that. I'm so upset whenever I see, or I get so upset when I see influencers, you know, post a workout, like here's a workout to tone your arms without the bulk and it'll make you feel strong. And I'm sitting here thinking like, do you know how much work it takes to get bulky? It like women do not produce enough testosterone in order to get that bulky look. It's very rare. Like if it runs in your genetics, maybe um, but also like those female bodybuilders have had years of dieting and strength training, lifting heavy consistently, and probably testosterone, you know, injections too. For an ordinary person, especially women, yes. that resistance training won't build bulk, but let's talk nope. about the positive benefits of resistance training in terms of overall body functioning, um, right. Um, nutrition and diet and weight loss and where strength training fits into the uh, spectrum because everybody views if you do like 60 spinning classes a week and you know you run on a treadmill you're going to get to your weight loss goals or you're going to burn enough calories but yet every time I do a group fitness class and they look at my meter I say, oh crap if I eat a candy bar I've just I've just knocked off those calories I burned I almost like to think of cardio as like instant gratification. Like, sure, you're burning calories in one sitting, but is it contributing to your overall health over time? Like you're taxing your cardiovascular system, which is like your heart, your lungs. Yes, your nervous system. Whereas weight training is is the long run. It's the long race, which you need to play consistently, um, which will really change your health in the long run and uh, overall health. And meaning... Um, Weight training can improve your metabolism. It can improve your bone density, like what we talked about. And like, as you age, your bone density goes down, but you also lose muscle mass because you're not likely not maintaining it with eating enough protein and not enough strength training, which is what's necessary to maintain uh, muscle mass. And that's not a, that's just not a gender thing, right? Men and women, both as they get older, both men and women, as you get lose, older, yeah, can lose bone density. Mm -hmm. And this is why you get weaker as you get older. Um, this is why you probably develop osteoporosis. So it's, it's really important as you age to continue doing that. So I guess, as we talk about, um, strength training, um, not everyone has access to a gym and weights or the kind of weights in a gym and not everybody's comfortable in a gym setting. Um, what is the, and I, you just made reference to your classes where not everybody has the same equipment. What are the fundamental things that people need that aren't like high barriers of entry to acquire? Like 
as far as equipment goes? Yeah. I don't think resistance bands are very hard to get a hold of. Um, you can only do so much with them, however. That's a it's a little tough. Um, you could make use of everyday like household items. Um, like in the beginning, I was telling my clients to load up their their pots, like their soup pots with like cans to make a weight out of it. I think um, you did one with bags. A, a backpack with pots yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, a backpack thoughts. with like heavy books. Um, you could also just train. You could do body weight movements. The most challenging body weight exercises that will always be hard for most people um, are pull ups and push ups. So you could could get a pull up bar. You could you could do pull ups from. I don't know if you're comfortable with your uh, door frame. Yeah, <laughs> at which all. I am. Which yeah. I am not. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I'd say you like get a pull-up bar. Um, and then if you're willing to invest, you could get two sets of weights, one for upper body, one for lower body. But those are the best suggestions for now. And I a chair, using a chair is, is a way to make use of home equipment. And I've noticed that, that as I retooled kind of my own regimen, really, I didn't need that much. I was able to buy a... a um, not the bow flex, but a set of um, um, weights where I could change the weight. Um, mm -hmm. There's other brands out there. Um, that I could um, do a lot with uh, like a weighted, weighted ball mm -hmm. uh, and then a basic set of dumbbells um, and, and, a, and a, you know, an exercise bench. I guess most people would view an exercise bench as something they did when they did aerobics, but-, but you No, know, you can do so much with an exercise bench. Yeah, and and dips, step ups, uh, push ups, push ups, uh, bridges, hip thrusts. Yeah. Um, single leg hip thrusts, uh, single leg squats, elevated single leg squats. There's a lot. <laughs> so the the bottom line really is though you don't need to have a huge investment in equipment. And I know you teach a lot of your classes right from your um, New York City headquarters mm -hmm. slash apartment. <laughs> yes. So you yes. Just, you do not need um, you do not need a gigantic space either. No, you definitely don't. Yeah, and I think that's one thing that um, people have struggled with, and, and is that they felt like they didn't have a big enough space, or that you know they couldn't um, they needed like the ideal setting. And I think one of the things that's been interesting about what you've done and others have done is you sort of democratize fitness in the sense that you freed them from the need or the at least the preconceived notion that they need a um, gym membership or they need to spend money to go to row house or soul cycle or orange theory or any number of things you know especially at a time when people's incomes aren't maybe what they were mm -hmm. yeah and, i think so um i mean if if you really wanted to if you have heavy lifting goals, then I would recommend trying to find a gym or investing in more equipment. But if you just want to feel good and do some type of strength training, then, then yes, like taking a zoom class would help doing some sort of resistance training would help at home. Um, I, it is going to be interesting to see how cardio based group fitness classes are going to do, you know, after this is over. Cause I think some people have changed their regiment quite a bit. So well, I know um, from my own perspective that I don't know that I'll ever be comfortable going back into a large group setting 
I also know that my checkbook's a lot better off. And um, I've learned, you know, before the pandemic, I didn't really realize the power in being able to just get up in the morning, get your stuff, work, and be done with it, and uh, understand that I didn't need to get in a car and drive anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, for some people, they do value that accountability and group fitness. So I think uh, it comes down to people evaluating what works for them, what helps them stay on track, and um, what, what they value the most. So before we end, um, why don't you give your like top three bits of advice to the audience on, on health and Sure. I would always recommend that people evaluate what they value the most. Understanding what your values are will help you create priorities. And I, I feel like a lot of people don't think about that first. They think about, um, the, the short game, getting to the results that, you know, with the least amount of time, it's a long race to get to where you want to be, um, or at least get further along in your journey. So I think really evaluate values that will shape your priorities. Let's talk mm-hmm. about, this is the first time I've ever heard a, a fitness and wellness professional talk about finding, uh, defining your values as part of your fitness journey. And mm-hmm. when you say values, do you mean like what's your long-term desire? Is it to feel good when you're 60? Or is it to feel comfortable in your skin? Or is it to be able to do a triathlon or whatever it is that that'll help define your journey as opposed to how can I get into my dress or my suit in two weeks? Yes. Yeah. I, I say that, like, I say it's good to play the long game because, uh, you know, your goals are going to be constantly shifting and so will the journey. Cause there's no end point. I guess it's my other piece of advice. Like there is no end point. So you should always be expecting some kind of evolution. We're always growing and learning and changing. Like I, like your body's not a statue, for example, it's always going to be changing shape based on what you're doing, what your lifestyle's like, what kind of training regimen you have, what you're eating. Um, so you can't always expect permanence, like a lot of things. That I think is probably some of the best advice ever is a recognition <laughs> that your body will change over time for a lot of yeah, different just reasons. Yeah, and I know a lot of people you know, are frustrated with how they feel sometimes. And uh, sometimes it, it doesn't have to necessarily do with weight. It could be like your gut health that's not feeling great. And it's, it's uh, changing how you feel up here in your head. Um, yeah, I, I think people need to expect impermanence and change. Well, those are awesome pieces of advice. Now, I always like to end each podcast with the guest being able to talk about where they can be found and what they're doing right. so that they get some benefit <laughs> from having to talk with me for 30 to 35 minutes. No, I this like is to, fun. I offer that as anesthesia for the pain of doing this with me. Oh my gosh. No, I really enjoy this. I love talking about like, you know, what I believe in and, and what I've learned in my coaching and my experience of my certifications. Um, so if you are looking to find me, you can find me on Instagram. I'm very active there. <laughs> I usually host weekly Q and A's where you can ask me questions and I'll try to get back to you as soon as possible or answer as many as I can. So I do get a lot. Um, and then you can also work out with me either 
uh, on demand at Allo Moves, where, where you'll access my, you know, strength training and conditioning programs, or you can work out with me live where I offer form corrections. And you can visit my website to sign up for those classes at body-rox.com. So body-rocks.com. And I'm also on TikTok, but I'm not always that active. <laughs> yeah. When you are on TikTok, it's usually hilarious, but um, um, <laughs> I, I try not to take things too seriously when it comes to content creation. Having a good just, laugh about serious topics is important. I will just say I enjoy seeing them, but generationally, I'm completely befuddled by the whole thing. <laughs> Absolutely stymied. Uh, so am I. Well, Roxy, thank you so very much. Thank um, you for having me. I this is really fun. Totally appreciative. I've wanted to have you as a guest for uh, basically ever. Um, oh, thank you. I'm honored. Thank you. Um, and uh, keep doling out great advice. All of you, please follow her on Instagram. Not only is the advice great, but the recipes and the cooking and the food, it just goes to show you, you can be <laughs> fit and strong and love food. And that's why I talk about your cakes and your cooking. Oh, thank you. you. It's all about balance. A, you come from a background where food is celebrated. And um, <laughs> it's it really important for people to understand that food is something to be celebrated and not the enemy of fitness. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I think anybody that follows Roxy will just be able to breathe and understand and filter a lot of what they're seeing from other sources. So um, I highly recommend Roxy Jones's Instagram highly. And thank you so much. And um, Roxy, um, it was great. Um, maybe someday, I'll be in New York and I can actually meet you in person, but um, this has been yes. fabulous. This has absolutely been yeah, fabulous. Yeah, thank you. Discover how Major Lindsay in Africa can help you navigate the legal landscape at www.mlaglobal.com.